Oh, Bretto. What's up, MP? Damo just called. Yeah. He thinks there's going to be 100,000 people at the Wellness Summit. Oh, again? He thinks we're bigger than Michael Jackson, the Rolling Stones, and the Beatles all put together. Damien Christoph has gone completely mad. Did you know he's made eight tons of forage? What? <laughs> and now he wants you and I to help him get rid of it. Oh, Damo. So, look, being the good friends that we are, we've asked him. You've been forced. Well, we've kind of twisted his arm to make him literally give his forage away to 100 lucky Wellness Summit attendees. So if you're ready to enrol for our signature two days of inspiration, education and empowerment and entertainment. What do you mean, MP? Australian Idol winner Wes Carr makes his Wellness Summit debut this year, Bretto. Wes Carr, you'll be guilty. So if you're ready to be entertained, head on over to thewellnesssummit.com and get four value bags of forage muesli or one bag each of paleo, muesli, bircher and porridge when you register. Now, all you need to do is register for this two-for-one special, bring a buddy, bring a friend, bring a family member or a colleague and then choose your forage selection, four muesli or four assorted and get four bags per attendee. That's eight bags per double pass. That's almost 250 bucks of forage for free when you register for the Wellness Summit on August 25-26 at the Collingwood Town Hall in Melbourne. That's 150 serves of breakfast. Almost six months of breakfast just for registering for the Wellness Summit. Well, it's first in best dressed. These 100 tickets are only available until June 18 or until sold out. All the details of this special offer, all the topics, featured speakers and more are over at thewellnesssummit.com. Thanks for making eight tons of forage, Damo. You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. Hi everyone, it's Mel here from The Naked Naturopath. Today I wanted to cast with you on a topic that I haven't talked on for a little while and has kind of become more popular in recent weeks. I've got a lot of clients asking questions about sugar and for me it's kind of a said and done topic and I feel like I've really exhausted it but I have pulled out my old information for you guys so I can go over it again. And when I was reading it, I was actually thinking, yeah, this stuff's really important, Mel. You know, sometimes when you talk about it a lot and you, um, you're living in the world that I live in, the really basic important stuff falls away. And, you know, I'm getting into the nitty gritty of psychobiotics, whatever, you know, whatever that means and um, listening to these seminars that are just so far over my head sometimes that I just forget that people want they want practical advice and they want base advice and I mean that's what the naked naturopath is all about so hopefully I can give that to you guys who are asking about sugar in this cast so we know that refined sugar has been found to be more addictive than cocaine and that may surprise some of you and then others who have seen that sugar film or, you know, have Damo's book, that sugar book, you're going, yes, we know. He did the tests on himself and, yes, he's only one man. But the results were unbelievable. And we know that sugar is wreaking havoc on Australian society. Um, we're considered one of the fattest nations in the developed world and our prevalence of obesity has literally doubled in the last 20 years. We have millions, millions, millions of Australians who are obese and this is growing. 
and obesity is taken over as a leading cause of premature death. It's estimated that by 2025, around 80% of Australian adults will be obese, as well as a third of our children. Now, that's what upsets me because I... I have a real soft spot for the kitties, like I always have, but even more so since I've had Callie and it just destroys me that we are feeding our children food that leaves them malnourished and overweight. And yes, you can be very much obese and be nutrient deficient. And that's a really sad place that we're in because we live in this amazing, amazing developed world where we are surrounded by food, but we are starving. And I've had a few clients in lately who have been watching uh, Pete's, Pete Evans' new doco on Netflix. It's called that The Magic Pill. And I watched it um, a couple of days ago and it's really great. And he has just taken everything back to basics again. And, you know, I feel like we're telling people the same story over and over, but every single time, if it just affects one person, if one person hears it and listens in a different way and changes something in their life, then, you know, that that's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for. And the doctor actually has a really great point. There's a lady who is working for Hope, Hope for Health and she says that when we look at people feeding their um, children Coke for breakfast, you know, we're thinking that that's such a bad parent, that, you know, it's neglect and um, all these negative things. But that person, uh, especially where she's working from, may have no access to resources or information or, you know, know that that is a really bad choice, especially because the child loves it and, um, you know, wants to keep having Coke for breakfast or whatever it might be. Or, you know, it might be, um, oh, God, what are the – I can't even think of the cereals that are Cocoa Pops or Frosty frosty Ring things. <laughs> so, what are they called? Fruity Loops. Somebody's going to write in and be like, Mel, how do you not know the cereals? But – um. I mean, that's, yeah, look, that's, I grew up on those cereals and, but haven't had them in my life for, um, you know, a good probably decade and a half now, which is my lifestyle choice. But, uh, you know, we, we think that we're looking after our children and giving them what they want and feeding them these things that seem great on the packaging, even though we know they've got a bit of sugar and so on and so forth. But, um, we have no idea of the, the long, the short and long term impacts of, giving them such sugar. So we'll start from the start. Sugar, you know, is such a broad term and the current movement against sugar is really referring to the fructose part of sugar. All sugars you can think of, whether it's white, brown, honey, raw, palm, agave, they chemically kind of come down to four things, glucose, fructose, sucrose, and lactose. White table sugar, and that's the stuff that um, we really are probably trying to avoid mainstream public knows you know that that they don't they don't want to have white sugar we know that um so some people are getting raw and brown and all these other things but uh that sugar whether it's raw brown or white is known as sucrose and it is half glucose and half fructose and fructose is a sweeter half and that's the half that's really under attack so the main energy source that the body is interested in in terms of those sugars and that we use is glucose and our bodies have a really hard time um, when they try to do anything with fructose in large amounts. So, 
yes, we are made to have some fructose. That's fine. You know, there's fructose in fruit. But when it comes in in abundance and when it comes in without its buffers, you know, you guys who are listening in all the time will know I talk about having whole herbs and having whole food because of all the other ingredients or constituents in those foods that act as buffers. So there's no fiber in apple juice. And that is a load of fructose that your body really can't deal with that well. And it can't convert it into energy. It can't convert it into glucose. So because we can't use it for energy, our liver instead kind of turns it into this fat. And you know I love fat. And you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of a high-fat diet, but fructose is not a good fat. It's the kind of fat that impacts on heart disease and high cholesterol and atherosclerosis, and it affects our hormones, especially the hormones that control our appetite and how our body uses and stores energy. It is converted, fructose you know, itself is converted in the liver to metabolites, which can induce leptin and, and insulin resistance, which is you know, the start of diabetes, type 2 diabetes. And leptin is, uh, it's a hormone that regulates our food intake in terms of what we need to expend energy. So it helps us distinguish from real hunger versus habitual or emotional hunger or eating. And when the body no longer responds to the leptin, uh, it's called leptin resistance. And that very much leads to weight gain. So we have studies to show that leptin resistance can develop as a result of high fructose consumption. And much of our diet, because it's loaded with sugar and it's insidious, it's in everything, it's in our bread, it's, in, it's not just in the things that you think, oh, that's sugary, it's in anything that you read that's fat-free. Normally they've loaded it with sugar because there's no fat to give it flavor, so they've um, used sugar instead. And... You know, David Gillespie, he wrote that sugar book. Oh, no, sorry. That was Damo. He, um, David Gillespie wrote um, Sweet Poison, I think. Um, I'm just having a mind blank. Yeah, David Gillespie, he wrote Sweet Poison. Of course he did. Um, he says that, you know, if he was mischievous with his, the statistics of our reduction in fat of our diet and our increase in sugar – he could easily justify a message that not eating fat made us twice as fat <laughs> because, you know, as our intake of fat has decreased, our intake of sugar has rapidly increased because they add it to food to give it taste. So has the rates, you know, with this change in food of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, obesity, cancer, uh, gastrointestinal disorders, mental health complaints, and the list goes on and on, autoimmune disease, <clears throat> excuse me. So um, fructose also, it not, it not only affects, you know, all this stuff I've already told you about, but it plays around with this other hormone called ghrelin. And when it's released, it normally tells us that we're full and we're satiated. And I'm always talking about, hey, have enough protein, hey, have enough fat, and so that you'll know when you're full and satiated and your blood sugar levels can be stabilized. But fructose is not only turning our body into this fat storing machine and, you know, kind of um, it switches on um, what, what Dr. Richard Johnson referred to as um, our fat switch. But in essence, it hides calories from you. So you've eaten um, but you don't feel full, so you've got increased hunger, so you've got more cravings for sugar. 
And Damo, in his book, I'm talking about um, <clears throat> um, the, that sugar book with Damon Gamu. He talks about the bliss point, which I love that he's brought that to the forefront because that is what really we're being, um, you know, our bodies are being tricked into continuing to eat a certain food because it has the perfect point of sweetness and saltiness and all these beautiful things. And, you know, somewhere like um, big, big companies and maybe I'm getting to a point in my podcast where I'm a bit scared of mentioning names of things because uh, I'm getting emails from all over the world, which is fantastic and I, I love, love them and I always, always reply to them personally. So if you don't get a reply from me, you know I haven't got your email, uh, so please resend it. Um, but, yeah, look, there's companies who are big food giants and they have many, many, many PhD scientists students working every day to maximize the allure of their products and understand the fundamentals of why we crave and how we taste and what makes food addictive and what they can do so that we keep buying their products. Um, So fructose really provokes increased food intake. And there's this guy, uh, I know that my listeners in the States will know him, his name's Dr. McCola, and he says that fructose is a metabolic poison. And, you know, there are people who've claimed that food companies deliberately choose things like high fructose sweeteners, um, uh, high fructose corn syrup, which in the States is massive. Um, They choose these things to purposely distort leptin and hunger levels so that their food is very, very yummy. Um, There's a guy who wrote a book. uh, His name's Michael Moss, and he wrote Salt, Sugar, Fat, How the Food Giants Hooked Us. And um, that's worth a read if you're interested in more of that. So, um, you know, read read demo stuff for the Bliss Point. Read that read that one by Michael Moss for more about the, um, I guess, financial reasons why this has happened to our diet. And um, I think we're just we're at a point now where our children are growing up with everyday food that they eat having all to have a bliss point and so they expect a certain feeling in their mouth and a certain like a certain lighting up of their um happy happiness in their brain their happy hormones to all foods not just the sweet foods all foods and that includes like i said bread and um pretty bland normally bland and and that's fine, um, foods. And it leaves things like broccoli and carrots and whole foods behind. And it changes the way that the body communicates with its food and its cells. And it leaves us fairly nutrient deficient. You know, there's this guy called Dr. Otto Warburg. And he said in 1931 that every single person who has cancer has a pH that's too acidic. And I think I've talked on pH before on the podcast, but it is thought that fructose increases uric acid as well. So it adds to our internal acidity or our blockages or, you know, the way that our lymph and our blood can clean clean itself and the body. Um, and like I said, loads of studies done on high fructose diets, especially for these poor, poor rats um, that have to get all these horrible tests done on them. But if we if we do it, and we don't listen, then it's a waste. But if we can do it and use those studies to, you know, really um, make important decisions based on our food intake and what we recommend to the public, then it's, you know, it's uh, amazing. 
But, you know, there's a small study that I I remember off the top of my head. It was seven males on a four-week high-fructose diet. So it's about the equivalent of two liters of soft drink per day. And they uh, showed a significant increase in their um, cholesterol, their uh, VLDLs in particular, their total triglycerides overall, and their leptin. So after two weeks of doing this, their lactate was also increased. So that's a real measure of that acidity. And the researchers concluded that um, this research, even though it was only on seven people, it was so strong that even modest amounts of fructose may significantly increase the risk of development of um, heart disease, cardiovascular disease. So it's pretty important. And you saw when Damon, Damon Gamuru did the I Quit Sugar stuff, that he had a huge, huge, um, that had a huge impact on his body and the way that it changed very quickly. Um, there's a psychology professor, and I know I'm dropping heaps of names, but I hope that I can get you some information that you can really get your teeth into and then go further with it. Um, you know, his name was Bart Hubble. He specializes in the neuroscience of appetite, weight, sugar addiction. And um, he said, some people have claimed that high fructose corn syrup is no different to other sweeteners. But when it comes to weight gain and obesity, their results had made it clear that that wasn't true. Because when his rats were fed high fructose corn syrup at levels well below those in what he refers to as soda pop, they became obese. Every single one across the board. Even when rats were fed a high-fat diet, uh, you didn't see this. So they didn't all gain extra weight. Um, so it's really important that we realize that this isn't just soda pop. It's not just Coke and, and lemonade and, you know, those sugary drinks. It's it's all of the carbohydrates together that we eat, um, you know, and the fact that our, our diet is so carbohydrate-heavy and it is very lacking in good quality protein and good quality fats, making it very difficult for the body to communicate with its cells and run its hormones and give you mental clarity. And, you know, on a cellular level, that's really where disease starts. If it's not getting the nutrients, if your cells aren't getting the nutrients that they need, then they start to change to try and adapt. And, and that's where disease begins. Sugar also weakens the immune system. So it's really important to note that, yeah, you can get like adrenal exhaustion withdrawal when you stop trying to have it, emotional stress, mood swings, fatigue, and all this kind of stuff um, happens when you need more sugar, I guess, or are trying to get off sugar. But um, it also, yeah, has a huge impact on the immune system. So um, there is maybe the idea or the link that a high sugar diet has an impact on how much cancer we are now seeing as well. Um, so increased yeast growths because of the sugar, things like candida, weakened immune system, cells that aren't communicating, and um, the possibility of uh, cancer, unfortunately. So when we think in terms of our ancestral history, the impact of sugar in Australia is especially evident in the Aboriginal community and Torres Strait Island community. And I guess that's what Pete has really brought to the forefront again with his documentary. They are twice as likely as non-Indigenous Australians to be obese and are the fourth highest population in the world to suffer from type 2 diabetes. And, um, you know, hope for health is taking 
taking this community and giving them the the diet, teaching them the diet that they would have traditionally had and seeing fantastic, fantastic results with, you know, reversing insulin resistance, getting people off insulin um, and, you know, stopping them from developing type 2 diabetes. So really amazing work. You can check them out at their website, Hope for Health. So I will leave you with that. I think that's enough for one day. Um, and, you know, I might even do, actually, I will, I'll do a part two on fat to follow this and also, you know, the, the different types of sugar stuff that's coming about and what the best options are. So we'll follow that up next week for you. Okay, bye for now. If you like what we do here at The Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mel and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on The Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mel or your health professional. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. I realized in this time that I couldn't keep waiting for love from other people. I couldn't keep expecting love from other sources. But I had to give that to myself. Yanni says, I don't care if everyone says that the kitchen is the woman's world. He says, I'm gonna prepare food. I love my own cheese. I love my own wine. I don't care what you think of my new flat screen TV. He just loves company. I started asking myself more often, what do I want? Such a simple question, isn't it? But when you think that, and I'm sure all of you sitting there, when you think that, something springs into your mind. And there's something there that you want that you haven't been doing for yourself. Brett Hill and Marcus Pierce feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.